0: Chapter Twelve of The Spanish Brothers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adele de Rolais. The Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. Chapter Twelve. The light divided from the darkness. I felt and feel whatever befalls the footsteps of thy life and mine, Tennyson. In the glorious autumn weather. Don Carlos rode joyfully through cork and chestnut groves, across bare brown plains, and amidst gardens of pale olives and golden-orange globes shining through dark, glossy leaves. He had long ago sent back to Seville the guard with which his uncle had furnished him, so that his only companion was a country youth, trained by Diego to act as his servant. But although he passed through the very district afterwards immortalized by the adventures of the renowned Don Quixote, no adventure fell to his lot. Unless it may count for an adventure that near the termination of his journey, the weather suddenly changed, and torrents of rain, accompanied by an unusual cold, drove him to seek shelter. Ride right on quickly, Jorge, he said to his attendant, for I remember that there is a venta by the roadside not far off, a poor place, truly, where we are little likely to find a supper. But we shall find a roof to shelter us, and a fire to warm us, and these at present are our most pressing needs. Arrived at the Venta, they were surprised to see the lazy landlord so far stirred out of his usual apathy as to busy himself in trying to secure the fastening of the outer door, that it might not swing backwards and forwards in the wind, to the great discomfort of all within the house. The proud, indifferent Spaniard looked calmly up from his task, and remarked that he would do all in his power to accommodate his worship. But unfortunately, Señor and Your Excellency, a very great and principal nobleman has just arrived here, with the most distinguished train of fine caballeros his lordships, gentlemen, and servants, and kitchen, hall, and chamber are as full of them as a hive-sip full of bees. This was evil news to Carlos. Proud, sensitive, and shy, there could be nothing more foreign to his character than to throw himself into the society of a person who, though really only his equal in rank, was so much his superior in all that lends rank its charm in the eyes of the vulgar. We had better push on to Ejica, said he to his reluctant attendant, Bravely turning his face at the storm and making up his mind to ten miles more in dressing rain at that moment, however, a tall figure emerged from the inner door, opening into the long room behind the stable and kitchen that formed the only tolerable accommodation the one-storied venta afforded. Certainly, Signor, you do not intend to go further in the storm, said the nobleman, whose fine, thoughtful countenance Carlos could not but fancy that he had seen before. It is not far to Equija, senor, returned Carlos, bowing, and, first come, first served, is an excellent proverb. The first comer has certainly one privilege which I am not disposed to waive, that of hospitably welcoming the second. Do me the favour to come in, senor. You will find an excellent fire. Carlos could not decline an invitation so courteously given. He was soon seated by the wood fire that blazed on the hearth of the inner room, exchanging compliments in true Spanish fashion. With the nobleman who had welcomed him so kindly though no one could doubt for an instant the stranger's possession of the pure sangre azul yet his manners were more frank and easy and less ceremonious than those to which carlos had been accustomed in the exclusive and privileged class of civil society a fact accounted for by the discovery afterwards made that he was born and educated in italy i have the pleasure of recognizing don carlos alvarez de santillanos y said he i hope the babe about whom his worship showed such amiable anxiety recovered from its indisposition this then was the personage whom carlos had seen in such close conversation with the physician losada the association of ideas immediately brought back the mysterious remark about his father that he had overheard on that occasion Putting that aside, however, for the present, he answered, Perfectly, I thank your grace. We attribute the recovery mainly to the skill and care of the excellent Dr. Cristobal Lozada. A gentleman whose medical skill cannot be praised too highly, except, indeed, it were exalted at the expense of his other excellent qualities, and particularly his charity to the poor. Carlos heartily acquiesced and added some instances of the physician's kindness to those who could not recompense him again. They were new to his companion, who listened with interest. During this conversation supper was late. As the principal guest had brought his own provisions with him, it was a comfortable and plentiful repast. Carlos, ere he sat down, left the room to rearrange his address and found opportunity to ask the innkeeper if he knew the noble stranger's name. His Excellency is a great noble from Castile, returned mine host with an air of much importance. His name, as I am informed, is Don Carlos de Ceso, and his illustrious lady, Dona Isabella, is of the Blood Royal. Where does he reside? His gentlemen tell me, principally at one of his fine estates in the north, Villa Mediana, they call it he is also corregidor of Toro. He has been visiting Seville upon business of importance, and is now returning home. Pleased to be the guest of such a man, for in fact he was his guest, Carlos took his seat at the table, and thoroughly enjoyed the meal. An hour's intercourse with a man who had read and travelled much, but had thought much more, was a rare treat to him. Moreover, de Seso showed him all that fine courtesy which a youth so highly appreciates from a senior, giving careful attention to every observation he hazarded, and manifestly bringing the best of his powers to bear on his own share of the conversation. He spoke of Fray Constantino's preaching, with an enthusiasm that made Carlos regret that he had been hitherto such an inattentive hearer. Have you seen a little treatise by the Fray, entitled The Confession of a Sinner? he yeah. asked. Carlos having replied in the negative, his new friend drew a tract from the pocket of his doublet and gave it to him to read while he wrote a letter carlos after the manner of eager rapid readers plunged at once into the heart of the matter disdaining beginnings almost the first words upon which his eyes fell arrested his attention and drew him irresistibly onwards such has been the pride of man he read that he aimed at being god but so great was thy compassion towards him in his fallen state that thou abatest thyself to become not only of the rank of men, but a true man, and the least of men, taking upon thee the form of a servant, that thou mightest set me at liberty, and that by means of thy grace, wisdom, and righteousness, man might obtain more than he had lost by his ignorance and pride. Wast thou not chastised for the iniquity of others? Hast not thy blood sufficient virtue to wash out the sins of all the human race? Are not thy treasures more able to enrich me than all the dead of Adam to impoverish me? Lord, although I had been the only person alive, or the only sinner in the world, thou wouldst not have failed to die for me. O oh, my Saviour, I would say, and say it with truth, that I individually stand in need of those blessings which thou hast given to all. What though the guilt of all had been mine, thy death is all mine. Even though I had committed all the sins of all, yet would I continue to trust thee, and to assure myself that thy sacrifice and pardon is all mine, though it belong to all. So far he read in silence, then the tract fell from his hand, and an involuntary exclamation broke from his lips. Passing strange! They say so, paused, pen in hand, and looked up surprised. What find you passing strange, signor? he asked. That he, that Fray Constantino, should have felt precisely what what he describes here. That such a holy man should feel so deeply his own utter sinfulness but you are doubtless aware that the holiest saints in all ages have shared this experience saint augustine for instance with whose writings so ripe of theological scholar is doubtless well acquainted such returned carlos are not worse than others but they know what they are as others do not true tried by the standard of god's perfect law the purest life must appear a miserable failure we may call the marble of our churches and dwellings white, until we see God's snow, pure and fresh from heaven, upon it. Ay, senor, said Carlos, with joyful eagerness, but the hand that points out the stains can cleanse them. No snow is half so pure as the linen clean and white which is the righteousness of saints. It was de Cesar's turn to be astonished now. In the look that, half leaning over the table, he bent upon the eager face of Carlos, surprise and emotion blended. For a moment their eyes met with a flash, like that which flint strikes from steel, of mutual intelligence and sympathy. But it passed again as quickly. De Deceso said, I suspect that I see in you, Señor Don Carlos, one of those admirable scholars who have devoted their talents to the study of that sacred language in which the words of the holy apostles are handed down to us. You are a Grecian? "'Carlos shook his head. "'Greek is but little studied at Complutum now,' he said, "'and I confine myself to the usual theological course. "'In which, I have heard, your success has been brilliant. "'But it is a sore disgrace to us "'and a heavy loss to the youth of our nation "'that the language of St. John and St. Paul "'should be deemed unworthy of their attention.' "'Your Excellency is aware that it was otherwise in former years,' "'returned Carlos.' Perhaps the present neglect is owing to the suspicion of heresy which, truly or falsely, has attached itself to the most accomplished Greek scholars of our time. A miserable misapprehension, the growth of monkish ignorance and envy, and popular superstition. Heresy is a convenient stigma with which men ofttimes brand as evil the good they are incapable of comprehending. Most true, signor, even Fray Constantino has not escaped his crime has been that he has sought to turn the minds of men from outward acts and ceremonies to the great spiritual truths of which these are the symbols to the vulgar religion is nothing but a series of shows and postures yes answered carlos but the heart that loves god and truly believes in our lord and savior is taught to put such in their proper place these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone señor don carlos Said De so with a surprise he could no longer suppress you are evidently a devout and earnest student of the scriptures i search the scriptures and then i think i have eternal life and i testify of christ promptly responded the less cautious youth i perceive that you do not quote the vulgate carlos smiled no Signor. to a man of your enlightened views i am not afraid to acknowledge the truth i have seen nay why should i hesitate i possess the rare treasure the new testament of our lord and savior jesus christ in our own noble castilian tongue even through the calm and dignified deportment of his companion carlos could perceive the thrill that this communication caused there was a pause then he said softly and your treasure is also mine the low quiet words came from even greater depths of feeling than the eager tremulous tones of carlos for his convictions slowly reached and deeply purchased, were built below the region of the soul that passions agitate, based on the crystalline sea of thought and its eternity. The heart of Carlos glowed with sudden ardent love towards the man who shared his treasure, and he doubted not his faith also. He could joyfully have embraced him on the spot, but the force of habit and the sensitive return of his character checked this impetuous demonstrativeness. He only said, with a look that was worth an embrace, I knew it. Your excellency spoke as one who held our Lord and his truth in honor. Ella es pues honor a vosotros que creéis It would have been hard to begin a verse that Carlos could not at this time have instantly completed. He went on, Mas para los que no crean la piedra que los edificadores reprobaron sorrowful truth said de ceso which my young friend must needs bear in mind his word like himself is rejected by the many its very mention may expose to obloquy and danger only another instance Signor, of those lamentable prejudices about heresy which we spoke anon i am aware that there are those who would brand me me a scholar too with the odious name of heretic merely for reading god's word in my own tongue but how utterly absurd the charge! The blessed book has but confirmed my faith in all the doctrines of our Holy Mother Church. Has it? said he say so quietly, perhaps a little dryly. Most assuredly, Signor, Carlos rejoined with warmth. In fact, I never understood, or I may say, truly believed those holy verities until now, beginning with the credo itself, and the orthodox Catholic faith in our Lord's divinity and atonement here their conversation was interrupted by the entrance of the attendants who removed supper replenished the lamp and heat fresh chestnut logs on the fire but as soon as the room was cleared they returned eagerly to subjects so interesting to both our salvation rests said De Ceso, upon the great cardinal truce you have named by the faith which receives into your heart the atonement of christ as a work done for you you are justified i am forgiven and i shall be justified pardon me Signor. scripture teaches that your justification is already complete therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god but that cannot surely be the apostle's meaning said carlos pardon me i know too well that i am not yet completely justified far from it evil thoughts throng my heart and not with heart alone but with lips eyes hands i transgress daily Yet, you see, peace can only be consequent on justification, and peace you have. Carlos looked perplexed. Misled by the teaching of his church, he confused justification with sanctification. Consequently, he could not legitimately enjoy the peace that ought to flow from one as a complete and finished work, because the other necessarily remained imperfect. They say so, Explain that the word justify is never used in Scripture in its derivative sense, to make righteous, but always in its common and universally accepted sense, to account or declare righteous. Quite easily and naturally he'd glided into the teacher's place, while Carlos gladly took that of the learner, not indeed without astonishment at the layman's skill and divinity, but with too intense an interest in what he said to waste much thought upon his manner of saying it. Hitherto he had been like an unlearned man, who, without guide or companion, the trackless shores of a newly discovered land should such a one meet in his course a scientific explorer who has mapped and named every mountain rock and bay who has traced out the coastline and can tell what lies beyond the white hills in the distance it is easy to understand the eagerness with which he would listen to his narrative and the intenseness with which he would bend over the chart in which the scene of his own journeyings lies portrayed Thus they say so not only taught Carlos the true meaning of scripture terms and the connection of scripture truths with each other, he also made clear to him the facts of his own experience and gave names to them for him. I think I understand now, said Carlos after a lengthened conversation in which, moving from point to point, he had suggested many doubts and not a few objections and these in turn had been taken up and answered by his friend. God be thanked, there is no more condemnation, no more punishment for us nothing either in act or suffering can be added to the work of christ which is complete ay now you have grasped the truth which is the source of our joy and strength it must then be our sanctification which suffering promotes both in this life and in purgatory all god's dealings with us in this life are meant to promote our sanctification joy may do it by his grace as well as sorrow it is written not alone quote, he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger End quote. but also quote, he fed thee with manna to teach the secret of life in him from him and by him, End quote. but suffering is like purifying like fire, not in itself. criminals released from the galleys usually come forth, hardened in their crimes by the lash and the oar. Having said this, say so rose and extinguished the expiring lamp. Lar Carlos remained thoughtfully gazing into the fire. Señor, said, after a long pause, during which the stream of thought ran continuously underground to reappear consequently in an unexpected place. Signor, do you think God's word, which solves so many mysteries, can answer every question for us? Scarcely. Some questions we may ask, of which the answers, in our present state, would be beyond our comprehension, and others may indeed be answered there but we may miss the answers because through weakness of faith we are not yet able to receive them for instance i had rather not name an instance at present said de say and carlos thought his face had a sorrowful look as he gazed at it in the firelight i would not willingly miss anything my lord meant to teach i desire to know all his will and to follow it carlos rejoined earnestly it may be that you know not what you desire still name any question you wish, and I will tell you freely whether in my judgment God's word contains an answer Carlos stated the difficulty suggested by the inquiry of dolores who can tell the exact moment when his bark leaves the gently flowing river for the great deep ocean that of Carlos on the instant when he put this question was met by the first wave of a upon which he was to be tossed by many a storm but he did not know it i agree with you as to the silence of god's word about purgatory returned his friend and for some time both gazed into the fire without speaking this and similar discoveries have sometimes given me i own a feeling of blank disappointment and even of terror said carlos at length for with him it was one of those rare hours in which a man can bear to translate into words the dark misgivings of the soul, usually unacknowledged even to himself. I cannot say, was the answer, that the thought of passing through the gate of death into the immediate presence of my glorified Lord affects me with blank disappointment or terror. How? What do you say? cried Carlos, starting visibly absent from the body present with the Lord. To depart and to be with Christ is far better. But it was San Pablo, the great apostle and martyr, who said that. For us, we have the church's teaching, Carlos rejoined in quick, anxious tones. Nevertheless, I venture to think that, in the face of all you have learned from God's word, you will find it a task somewhat of the hardest to prove purgatory. Not at all, said Carlos. And immediately he bounded into the arena of controversy, laid his lance in rest, and began an animated tilting match with his new friend, who was willing, of course, thought Carlos for argument's sake alone, and as an intellectual exercise, to personate a Lutheran antagonist. But not a few of the doughty champions have met the stern reality of a bloody death in the mimic warfare of the tilting field. At every turn Carlos found himself answered baffled confounded yet how could he how dared he acknowledge defeat even to himself when with the imperilled doctrine so much else must fall what would become of the private masses indulgences prayers for the dead nay what would become of the infallibility of the mother church herself so he fought desperately Fear, ever increasing, quickened his perceptions, baptized his lips with eloquence, made his sense acute and his memory retentive. Driven at last from the ground of Scripture and reason, he took his stand upon that of scholastic divinity. Using the weapons with which he had been taught to play so deftly for once in terrible earnest, he spun clever syllogisms in which he hoped to entangle his adversary. But say so caught the flimsy webs in the naked hand of his strong sense, and crushed them to atoms. Then Carlos knew that the battle was lost. I can say no more, he acknowledged, sorrowfully bowing his head. And what I have said, is it not in accordance with the word of God? With a cry of dismay on his lips, Carlos turned and looked at him. God help us! Are we then Lutherans? It may be, Christ is asking another question. Are we amongst those who will follow him whithersoever he goeth? Oh, not there, not to that, cried Carlos, rising in his agitation and beginning to pace the room. I abhor heresy, I eschew the thought. From my cradle I have done so, anywhere but that. Pausing at last in his walk before the place where Deceso sat, he asked, and you, senor, have you considered whither this would lead? I have. I do not ask thee to follow. But this I say, if Christ bids any man leave the ship and come to him upon these dark and stormy waters, he will stretch out his own right hand to uphold and sustain him. To leave the ship, his church, that would be leaving him. And leaving him, I am lost, soul and body, lost, lost. Fear not, at his feet, clinging to him, soul of man was never lost yet. I will cleave to him and to the church too. Still, if one must be forsaken, let not that one be Christ. Never, never, so help me God. After a pause he added, as if speaking to himself, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. He stood motionless, wrapped in thought, while they say so, rose softly, and, going to the window, put aside the rude shutter that had been fastened across it. The night is bright, said Carlos dreamily, the moon must have risen. That is daylight, you see, returned his companion with a smile. Time for wayfarers to seek rest and sleep. Prayer is better than sleep. True. And we who own the same precious faith can well unite in prayer with the willing consent of Carlos his new friend laid their common desires and perplexities before God the prayer was in itself a revelation to him he forgot even to wonder that it came from the lips of a layman for de seso spoke as one accustomed to converse with the unseen and to enter by faith through the inner sanctuary the very presence of God himself and Carlos found that it was good thus to draw nigh to God. He felt his troubled soul returning to its rest, to its quiet confidence in him, who, he knew, would guide him by his counsel, and afterwards receive him into glory. When they rose, instinctively their right hands sought each other, and were locked in that strong grasp, which is sometimes worth more than an embrace. We have confidence each in the other, said so so that we need exchange no pledge of faithfulness or secrecy carlos bowed his head pray for me Señor," he said pray that god who sent you here to teach me may in his own time complete the work he has begun then both lay down in their cloaks one to sleep the other to ponder and pray in the morning each went his several way and never was it given to carlos in this word to look upon that face or to grasp that hand again he who had thus crossed his path as it were for a moment was perhaps the noblest of all the heroic band of spanish martyrs that forlorn hope of christ's army who fought and fell where satan's seat was his high birth and lofty station his distinguished abilities even those more superficial graces of person and manner which are not without their strong fascination were all like the precious ointment with the odor of which the house is filled consecrated to the service of the lord for whom he lived and died the eye of imagination lingers with special and reverential love upon that grand calm figure but our simple story leads us far away amongst other scenes and other characters we must now turn to a different part of the wide missionary harvest field in which the lowly muleteer julian hernandez and the great noble Don Carlos de Ceso were both laboring. Was their labor in vain? End of chapter 12 Recording by Del de Piñoles.